You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into <laughs> it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts. Hello, all creatures of our God and King. Um, My name is um, Kevin Garcia. My name is Sarah Heath. And we are your favorite aunts. Did you know? Did you know? Now you know. Now you know. It's another week. Um, we're not live this week, and that's okay because yeah. we're currently working to transition over to a different kind of live show experience. We're excited. Probably going to have that starting next Friday, hopefully, God willing. Um, we're just got we got a lot of moving parts in both of our lives right now, so I'm not mad that we're taking it slow. I like taking it slow. slow with you, Sarah. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. What? Anyways. What? Um. <laughs> what drink are you drinking right now? It looks nice. Um, it is tequila. So the reason we had to start ten minutes late is because. When I went out to buy a collar for my dog, um, I totally forgot to go by the the liquor store or the package store Man. and get something. So I got some, I got some t- local tequila um, mm-hmm. made right here in Atlanta, and um, mixed it with some San Pellegrino blood orange soda. Um, is that what a Paloma? A Paloma is usually like grapefruit mm-hmm. juice, and is it tequila as well? Yeah, tequila. Um, te- yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I guess this is a Paloma, isn't it? Just like tequila and some kind of grapefruit soda. The Lord is good to me, and this is how I know. My neighbor uh, that lived like right next to me for the longest time, she made the best Palomas, and whenever she made one, she'd send her eight-year-old to take one up to me. You know, like, go that's... Give, go give this to neighbor Sarah. That's the only reason that children... Not, oh, that's not the only reason children should exist, <laughs> but if I'm going to have a child... <laughs> This is a reason I know that I'm a good uncle, but not necessarily cut out to be a mother, because I would I would want to like train my kid to go get the beer. It's like go get the beer for daddy, go get it. But also like train maybe isn't the language that we would. The Bible says train up a child, so I'm just trying to be Christian. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. Thank Bless you so your much. Heart. Thank you so much. Bless um, your heart, mm-hmm. Sarah Louise. Uh-uh, don't you dare! Don't you dare backhand compliment me. I'm just kidding. Um, how the hell are you, sweet friend? How's your week been? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I've been a boss lady. Yeah, you have. Um, and so what does that look like for me? It looks like I worked on some refi stuff for my new place. Refi. My old place. I'm refi. And I also, um, worked on some stuff that's been wrong with my retirement plan. Guys, this is all real sexy, I know. But Mm. I also worked on my LLC stuff and I'm learning more and more about that, which is super Come fun. on, sole proprietorship. I know. I've got so much to learn. Somebody gave me a bunch of advice, and that turned out that was for, that wasn't correct. So we're backtracking. We're learning. Um, yeah, and then i just been, it's been a busy week with, like, my actual job, which is um, the church stuff, just preparing for me to leave. I wouldn't call it your actual job. It's just the job that you happen to be doing right now. All your Jobs or actual jobs. Your uh, Um, the one 
the one with um, the, that you've uh, has the most responsibility and what you've agreed to do. Correct. And I will tell you, I so this week we did we do this thing called theology on tap where I ask a theological question and then I have a bunch of quotes around. What was the question? Theolo- People wanted to know. Um, this has been the number one requested, and I've been avoiding it. It's complementarianism versus egalitarianism. That why is that even a conversation? Um, you know, that's so funny that you say that, because uh, that was like several people on the call were like, isn't this just preaching to the choir? Because if we're like already a female pastor is who leads our group, like it feels like clearly we've made that convert. We've had that conversation slash is 2021. But somebody brought up the best point, which was she said, look, I don't have any other place where this is an of course. So mm. I so having this conversation makes me feel seen and makes me feel able to more um, engage the conversations that I'm having it with. She's from the South Southern family. When I go back home, she lives in LA. And, um, but I gotta tell you, I joked around about it, but I meant it. I feel like I need hazard pay after reading. Oh uh, yeah. All the shit books. Um, I had to read some Driscoll. Uh, wow. All these people who, um, it's so funny because when I moved out here from, I went to graduate school at Duke and I got a master's in divinity and then I moved out here and people would ask me, like I'd go, I went to this non-denom church because I was 24 and needed to be around other 24 year olds. And I went to the church and this, everyone would ask me, so like, oh my gosh, you studied theology. So like you read like Piper and I literally wasn't trying to be a snob, but I'd be like, that's not a scholar. Nobody actually who is that? I had no idea who that was. And everyone's like, oh, I'm sure you're can reading we just, it. Can we just say that again? He's not a scholar. No. He's not a biblical scholar at all. And biblical Does he hold any credentials? Uh, I mean, I think he has from, uh, yeah, he's got a PhD, I think, from like one of the Bible colleges or something. It would be fine. Oh, yeah. Him. I'm sure he has a PhD from a Bible college. Right. But I, I think it's funny because... We're all in these ivy, ivory towers. So that was my week. I did a lot of yeah. scholastic work, uh, preached. Um, we had a rave at our church over the last weekend. So whoopsie. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. It's been a weird week. I feel like also everything's opened up around here a lot more. And there's a, a mandate now that you don't have to wear a mask in public if you're Whoa. outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I had a moment that seems so small, but I think is just worth saying because I think it's so mentally like mental health month is this month and like what it did for my mental right. health. There's a woman who's probably, I'm going to guess in her eighties. And when I walk my dog every morning, I have passed her for the last year because once COVID broke out and we were working from home, I took a longer walk than I normally do. And, and now that's become our usual. We usually walk a mile and a mile or a mile and a half every, every morning. Wow. And we always pass this woman and I don't know which, I didn't know what she looked like because she always had a mask on and she was always sort of, and the other day she walked by me with no mask on and I had no mask on. By the way, that's only if you're vaccinated and I w- I'm fully vaccinated mm-hmm. and she's fully vaccinated. And she said, well, good morning. And I said, good morning. And she said, it's good to see you and kept walking. And I tell, I, I know. I, I would have cried. I have seen this woman every day for a year. Mm-hmm. And now every we've like talked. day. Every day. Yeah. And so for her good morning. That's your long committed relationship, I think. <laughs> no, it is Sorry. not. You make fun of me for how long my relationships usually last. It's usually like a no, year. Like also, like, you're talking to the person who like just had a, like my most successful relationship was a codependent nine-month disaster. So like, who, <laughs> not- I think my longest relationship, I figured it out yesterday, was three and a half years. 
Damn. Well, yeah. maybe the next one will be like four. You know, mm-hmm. here's hoping. Four or five. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you, how was your week? Oh. Sorry, I had to cough. Um, this week, I uh, I had one day where I just said, fuck it. And I turned off my computer and didn't look at my phone and just like, just had to take a mental health day and just reset. And then this, the rest of the week actually has been fairly wonderful. Um, I'm in the middle of planning the tour. So I fun. am. Oh my gosh. I'm so thrilled. Everything is coming together better than I could have imagined. So we're going to be announcing initial dates. Um, next week so if you're listening to this on monday when this comes out um, i'm going on tour the wonderfully made tour is coming to a city near you so go uh, get on my mailing list and my my text message list so you can be the first one to get into that um that's been like a huge focus i i think something i notice about myself is when i'm about to make a huge change or a huge shift in my life is when i have a lot of resistance personally Mm-hmm. And whether it is like my body or my brain or my ego or whatever, it's just like my body just gets like, you know, I freak out a little bit for whatever reason. And rather than beating myself up over having a little bit of anxiety or my body being more tired, I just take a nap instead. Um, so that you is. You also get frustrated with yourself in a way that I think. Oh, yeah, I got before. frustrated. I totally forgot about the fact that I totally blew up on myself twice this week. And I think for that's For stupid it. shit. That's an important thing to like notice because um, mm-hmm. I don't think we talk about that a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think people are aware that like even folks who have done like the hard work of like fully accepting themselves, there are days mm-hmm. when you're going to go, wait a minute, I can't handle me. Or and- there might be weeks, there might be a whole seasons of life where just like you feel like you've made so much progress and all of a sudden you're acting like you did X years, X amount of years ago. But that like, I always tell my, like thing I remember is that you're, you're never, it's never backsliding. There is no backwards. There's right. nowhere, there, there is nowhere to fall mm. except for here. You're always going to fall right here. You know? I think the, yeah. And the important thing is to remember like that the beauty of relationship, obviously you want to be in tune with yourself, but when you can't, when you need um, folks outside of you that can confirm the truth of who you are mm-hmm. in those moments when you're able to lie to yourself and say, oh, yeah. I am this and I will always be this. And I've always been this. It's important for you to have the people in your life that you can just say, Hey, I'm having one of these moments. And I know my head knows it's not true, mm. but I just need you to like almost stand with me in solidarity to say, Hey, this yeah. isn't true. Sometimes you do need to cry on the phone to your friend because you're so frustrated about stupid shit, which I did. And I feel better for it. So, yes, I think it's important. Um, it's interesting this week too, like I had two mentors that I like one mentor that I've just been following online forever, Rudy Rasmus. So my other, the Reverend Dr. Rudy Rasmus, if mm. you guys get a chance to listen to the Making Spaces podcast this week, we interviewed Dr. Rasmus. You should. You you're should not subscribed. Hate- you're an asshole and you hate women. <laughs> if you're not subscribed to that podcast, you hate women. That's a fact. That's clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But he is a phenomenal person who I've been following for years and um, you know, he's Beyonce's pastor, which I think is just a funny part of the story. And yes. uh, he he's just an incredible human. And he talked this week about how even after all of that success, 
he remembers sitting in a coffee shop and thinking, I don't want to be here anymore. And, Mm -hmm. and what a, what a blessing it was to hear someone say like, I have all the success and even my past sneaks up on me and says, you're not good enough. You don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. Um, and what are you doing here? And what is this? And yeah. And he just was great to reveal that and to share that. So it's a great episode because he talks about what the cost is of doing the work. Um, and he's just really funny. So that was great. And I talked to yesterday, I talked to my former spiritual director. And I tell mm. you what, it was really great to hear like exactly what you're saying. We don't fall. We don't go backwards. Even if we think like, oh, why am I acting like this again? You're not. You're not acting yeah. like that again. You might be returning to a pattern, but you're not the you you were. Also, the fact that you notice the pattern is forward motion, like, or is progress. Mm-hmm. Like, before, you wouldn't have even noticed yourself, like, freaking out or going off the deep end. My thing is, like, when I start getting angry, mm-hmm. I see myself doing it. I haven't, like, some I can catch myself and I don't need to get mad. But then other times I can't. And my body just has a lot more stress than, like, my uh, prefrontal cortex can process at once. Right. Um, right. And so it's, uh, you know, it's like... Even the most enlightened homies out there, like, they're all going to, like, n- unless you are Jesus, the Buddha, uh, you know, Mah- Maharaji, or some other great spiritual teacher, like, like, unless you've ascended, unless you're a bodhisattva, you are not, uh, you don't, you're not required to be perfect, you know, you are uh, not. <laughs> when they were released Mother Teresa's journals, it, oh, was one so of, ha- it was one of the gifts, right? Like, to see that even someone who quote unquote, even in life was deified, even well, if like, not officially real quick, deified. Before, for people who haven't read her journals or don't know what they revealed, give a little context. Uh, Mother Teresa revealed that like she had severe, serious doubts. She had imposter syndrome like you wouldn't believe. She was frustrated. There were days when she wasn't sure why she was doing the work she was doing and she struggled with depression her entire life. Um, mm-hmm. She had very so she- much dark night of the soul energy all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think, she, you know, she didn't want them. She went back and forth about wanting to hide them or whatever, those journals to get out. And um, I think because there was a lot of shame around it, but I think it's been very freeing for people to read her words and go, well, like the fruit of your work was so beautiful that, um, you know, people who have whatever, which we all kind of have, it normalizes a lot mm-hmm. of it. Um it gives us hope, right? To say, but look at the beauty you brought into the world. And also maybe like an awareness, like it's not like Mother Teresa was awesome at uh, self-care. That's actually one of the things. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's also something that was definitely revealed is like, there is like, you know, her selflessness was beautiful. And also I look at her and I'm like, you hurt yourself as you're working. And I don't think that's what... You know, I don't want to, like, you know, rag on Mother Teresa either. <laughs> no. But it's no. like, girl, how much longer could you have lasted if you wore some fucking shoes, babe? <laughs> but then also, like, she's gonna, she's also going to look at me and say, but that person needs it. And I'm like, ah, fucking Mother Teresa. <laughs> but, you know, but that's why she's a saint and I'm not, you know? Right. I think it's important yeah. to you, like, to, to not always feel like we have to... We can have heroes that we don't want to emulate. We can learn from their patterns, both negative and positive. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, helpful. like, I think St. I think Teresa's, or St. Mother Teresa of 
Where was she from? I don't, uh, well, she's from Italy, but... Well, so is she just like St. Teresa? Because there's like St. Teresa of Alvia. Oh. Uh, I quoted her last night. Avila. Depends on who you're, who's saying it. It's kind of like Augustine or Augustine. Oh, ew. I call him Augustine. I don't like saying Augustine. It depends on who's saying it. British scholars say Augustine. Or some say Augustine. Well, they're... Oh, the shit. Now we'll never know. The one who is like a for sure, just because I know is Bart, is Bart, not Barth. And I know that because I said Barth my first semester of seminary and all the little. Somebody said, it's Carl Bart. It's all Carl the Bart. Theo bros were like, um, excuse me, oh it's my God. Bart. And I was like, well, and you wonder why I won't go on a date with you. Hmm. Yeah. And here's the deal. Like, you don't want to date a theologian. You don't want to date a pastor. I dated a bunch of theologians. I know. I know. I don't. No, thanks. No, no. Yeah, me neither. I really want to date like an atheist or something. That would be cool. Why? Like a like like a like a humanist, you know? Well, humanist like very... is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can be atheist and humanist at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's 100%. what I want. I I can't like if like the kind of atheist who's like you know an asshole. I don't want another fundamentalist. You know. There you go. That's um, the real. Let's get to the heart of it. Yeah, I want to come back to the heart of worship mostly though. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I realized I forgot to ask people today. This is how my week has been. I haven't asked anyone questions, so I don't have any questions. I'm not coming with any questions. We'll air grievances. I'm just preparing you for that. Well, I have questions, at least um, for you and or let me check the inbox while we're going on. So if um, <clears throat> we can go ahead and transition to the next part of the show. And the next part of our show is... Uh, the part where we talk about the things going on in the world, um, both of our in pop culture, uh, subculture, airing of grievances. Uh, what what did I say? Grievances. What did I just grievances? Airing grievances. of grievances. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you are totally welcome to start if you've got anything. Oh gosh, um, you know I think I'm still having I'm having a tough time with. Uh, people who are waiting to get vaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. And I, but I also understand there's like lots of reasons. Um, well, I know that some people it's like actual social anxiety. Like it's a great excuse to not have to be around people. I mean, sure. But just like, that's going to kill you eventually. I know. Um, so I think that's the, I, I was just reading an article about, the potential of stopping the the spread of all the variants and it really will require people to go and get the vaccines and then the tough part for me is to read the stats of what states are vaccinated above 70 percent and most of them are non-republican non-conservative states and it's like when did we make this a thing? Because it wasn't a thing with polio. And it it's not mm-hmm. like a thing with diabetes where only certain people believe diabetes exists. Like this is like, it, we people it, have let me, politicized because, a, an actual illness. It's because of Donald Trump. It is mm-hmm. because of what the Republican Party has become over the past, you know, decade or so, but especially within the last four years as it's just like, I mean, like he's a demagogue. And like all these people still believe that the election was stolen, and you know it's it's get, yeah. And in I that mean, one, look, there it is. That one really um, <laughs> taps into one uh, another one. 
<sighs> These voter suppression laws are fucking us up. Dude, it is. Someone posted, you know, about how just the if you check it out, guys, the laws are insane, like insane laws. In um, Georgia, you can't offer somebody who's waiting in line food mm-hmm. or water. And there's like there's to be like one water station somewhere within the voting precinct in case someone needs water. But you have to get out of line to go get it. Or you have to vote in person. You, or if you vote not in person, you have to drop your thing off during certain <clears throat> hours, which are work hours still. Like it's it's like making every single effort to just make it difficult to mm-hmm. vote. Mm-hmm. And the people who, again, are most affected are communities of color. The working poor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's also been bothering me a lot. Um, yeah, I hate it here. It's pretty sucky right now. <laughs> and like I know that other places don't have it as bad, but Canada still has health care. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and like y'all it might be fucking cold as shit up there, but like yeah, I think Did you I, read I don't know why that this reminded me made me think of this. Someone was talking about how people are upset about the passport that you require, the vaccination passport, and how people are like, it's an infringement of my rights and all this sort of stuff. And are you talking about was, like for like for like travel across mm-hmm. country lines? Uh-huh. And someone was like it is such an infringement on rights. You're totally right. It's like they want me to walk around with a piece of plastic in my wallet that has a picture of me, my weight, the color of my hair, my date of birth, and my address on it. He's like, y'all are freaking out about a passport. You carry around a piece, and you want everyone who is of color to immediately display said driver's license mm-hmm, or proof mm-hmm, of who they are. Mm-hmm. But you're all of a sudden going to make it like, just be honest about what it is. Yes. And that's the thing, like something my mother said, like, like traveling internationally, countries, countries can ask you to show whatever they fucking want. Okay. Yeah. Like that's what the fuck, that's what the fuck America has done for forever. So why are you surprised? So that's one. Two, um, we have required, um, proof of vaccination Mm-hmm. to participate in public services and public activities for forever. Most, if you went to a public school in this country, you had to get polio, rubella, smallpox at minimum. Well, and but these anti-vaxxers would say like, well, that's an infringement. And I would say you're a fucking idiot. I would say, sorry, it's, it's, <laughs> this is a public health issue. If smallpox comes back, it will kill babies. It's the it's the thing my friend says. Like, so it's Nurses Day yesterday, and she's like, everyone wants to celebrate us as heroes, but none of us want to take. No, people don't want to take care of us. What does taking care of me look like? Go get your vax, because I don't want to take care of your ass. You Shouldn't risk my to. life. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's the thing. It's like a it's a communal understanding. Doctor um, Jackie Lewis had the um, thing about like it will it will 98% protect you against uh covid and 100% protect you from being like an ass a selfish asshole yeah. like you, you just have to not like, only does it provide that vaccination it really does make you a better human <laughs> and i That's know an, uh, i know we're preaching to the choir i know most of our listeners um unless they're mm-hmm. listening cuz they have like self like they're into like self-loathing or something um yeah or they just really want to be enraged today a, a female yeah. pastor and oh my gosh um two female pastors i'm just two kidding female pastors uh, i don't pastor um my 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 grievance is along the same lines 
Uh, it's the but it's like I've noticed it very sparsely, like within like the woo woos and the love and light community and like spiritualist community. There are some people who are like anti mask, anti vax. Yeah, and I'm like. I, I, I still, I don't understand that at all because it's just like, well, you know, you just gotta, you gotta vibrate at a certain level so that blah, blah, blah and vaccinations. It's like, it's all of like this classic anti-vaxxer propaganda that has no basis in reality or has been disproven completely. And also like, I don't want, like, this is what makes me so mad is like wearing a mask is truly just a, an act of collective love. Like you look at like the the you know, Asian citizens across Asia will wear masks during masks during flu season. Yeah, just to protect people and not just themselves, but if they happen to have like again like just to stop the spread of flu because how many people die of the flu because they're old or have immune compromised systems? And if we would just wear a mask, it's like, but like. It's 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 the conspiracy theories. It's the it's and it's also like people I respect. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing. I've had a handful of people in my life who I've lost friendships for from because like who I thought we were down for the movement mm-hmm. are now anti-masking assholes. And like that's the thing too is that like they're very very proud of it. They're very, very, like, upfront about the fact that they're saying something unpopular. Like, you know, I, like, I got to say the truth, even if it's unpopular. And I'm gonna... it's, it's always men. Like, not mm-hmm. always men. But, no, like, it's either men or white women. <laughs> and white yeah, women just... who live in the suburbs, for some reason, have a lot of feelings about vaccinations. Based on... But what do I know? And so here's the thing: if you if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm just I'm not gonna associate with you anymore. Like that's just kind of how it is. You can go live your best anti-vaxxing life and do whatever the fuck you do. As for me in my house, we're going to hang out maskless in person, and you're not coming. <laughs> not because I don't want you there, but because I'm not willing to risk your life. Well, I'm thinking about like. I walk past that woman, right, without a mask, and I would not feel responsible walking past her. And you technically would be. You know, I wouldn't feel, it feels really good to me to be able to literally welcome my neighbor into my space in a way that feels safe and um, caring not just for my body, but for her body. And, you know, um, Mm -hmm. So enough. I know this is like we talk about all the time, but Mm. the problem is, is it's still affecting so much. Um, Yeah. And and that's also like what I want to like, I want to harp on for just a second. It's just like, where are you getting your, like the question I have for people who are afraid or anti, like I'm not going to get a vaccination and that's my fucking right. I'm like, where are you? And that is your right. It Mm -hmm. really is. But just understand like the consequences that come with that choice are going to be social ostracization and that's not that i don't want you around it's just that like as a community and as a culture uh and i'm not saying that you have to always be with culture but it's just like this is a no-brainer and and it it does not make sense to me and like unless you can truly explain to me Mm -hmm. with science and give me the reason why you think that you are correct and convince me, which frankly you probably won't. I think it's important to say like it's good to critique and to like question yes. and not feel like 
I'm always going to, you know, take you it shouldn't. as right. Um, like you should fact, question everything, but right. it's just like the science that like the majority of science, like people on all sides, like scientists on all sides, nurses on all sides, doctors, doctors. on all sides who voted for everyone, like, like it just, it, <laughs> And again, I know that I'm. We're all whining and complaining to the choir, but I just needed to say meow, meow. I think it's the reality too that we miss people. I know, and I just want to hang out with all my friends and not have to worry about it. And meow, meow, meow. <laughs> all right, enough about that. <sighs> one. Should we go to a question, or do you have any more grievances you want to add? Um. Um, Justin Bieber. We have been talking a lot about him recently. This is like a huge change in. He... Justin, do you want to call in? Because I feel like you need to, like, you need to be able to face your accusers. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I really listen. I will. This we will easily be a jury of peers. No problem. I will call the council together. He came back from Jamaica with dreads. Oh, it no. is 2021. Why are we having conversations about white people having dreads? It's not okay. And it looks bad. It looks bad. I mean, white people did have dreads way, way back in the day. That was actually a thing. Pirates, whatnot. So there is some argument around that. But I think once. Not in this country, baby. Right. Not on this continent. Probably not. Um, But I think, (laughs) I mean, Jared McKenna, who had dreads because they were culturally appropriate for where he was, when he moved here or started speaking here and someone said to him, hey, you being a white man with dreads is is kind of unexplained, he immediately cut his dreads. Because for him, it was how can I make space for people who have been on the edges, marginalized? Like, I don't want to, it's kind of like why we changed the name of our thing. It's not so that we can be, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like somehow justice like just to make a stand and make a point it's not about like uh there's performative necessarily Mm -hmm. but it is about like hey someone i'm actually in relationship with is calling me out on this Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if justin has those humans obviously not (laughs) so what do you do with that because it's hard to well the thing about someone who doesn't but the thing about it is is like it's not that He's got thousands of people on the internet also saying, this is not okay, this is not okay, this is not okay. And also there's plenty of information out there about what cultural appropriation is, how it affects people. It's like, and again, like, sure, the echelon in which he lives is very, very white and very, very Christian. So he quote unquote doesn't have someone in his life. I don't find that as an excuse. No, no, I don't think it's an excuse. I just think it's like a... It makes sense why that first moment happens. The first moment that happened was it was him putting MLK on his album. That was the first really big gaffe. Getting dreads? Finding out that he put a lot of money. Like, yes, I hate that. I hate, I hate, right? But I also love that it's a step. Like, he actually has been giving a lot of money. And I think that's a step. That's a step. Sure. Do we want more? Yes. But I think we have to recognize when people are willing to take a step. Not like celebrating now all of a sudden you're, you are Mother Teresa. But I think there is a thing to say like, hey, like. Until you have a dark night of the soul with God and break your feet. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just really trying to be unrelatable myself. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I. Um, Not everyone's gonna wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I go to the gym. Were, I can't. Why was I up? Psychic connections. Must be. I was up so early this morning. We were at the beach. Ten. This is my. We were at the beach this morning, like at seven. I would love that. It was good. It was cloudy and kind of cold, but it was. I um. I was realizing today how little we as adults play. Um, and I mean like giggle play. Yes. And both of us have really funny beasts in our life. Our dogs are like comedians. They're hilarious. My dog is a dummy. She's just and a big silly. dummy. And there's the realization that I had the other day as I was listening to the 10% Happier podcast and someone was saying how they are not silly, mm-hmm. but how they they want to kind of embody silliness more. And I was thinking like, I think people who knew me we'll say 10 years ago would have said Sarah is very silly, but wouldn't say I'm silly now. And Mm. I was at the beach and my dog loves to play chase with me. Like literally he'll Mm. run and then he'll turn around and wait for me to chase him in the waves. And I was playing with him and chasing him and I was silly. Like it was silly. And then we sit down and I like throw him around, not throw him around, but like Mm. toss him around and goof around with him. And I, I all of a sudden said, oh, there I am. There's the silly me that laughs and giggles and doesn't care that there's other people on the beach watching me roll around with my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we just have to find moments to play more. That's my moment from the beach. Moments from the beach with Sarah Ooh. Heath. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. <clears throat> I like it. Wow. Is that what you're going to do? Like, you should write like a... Uh, like, weekly, like, like, little, like a like, Devo, a little Devo, a little Hey Jesus. I just need everyone to know that as a teenager, I wrote in the adult or, or in the, sorry, the, the high school devotional book called Devo Zine. I was a regular contributor. What? Wait, you had a high school. Wait, what is this? Pro- Go back. What okay, is this? So in the United Methodist tradition and also in the, they're like a lot of people buy it. It's called the upper room. It's like a daily. Imagine. Wow. Imagine like a, a book. It's like a like. Well, so many people aren't gonna know because like everyone. It it's kind of almost like Reader's Digest, but it was a daily devotion and it was called Upper Room. They still have them. We wow. still have them and we bring them to the people at our in our community. So that's the Upper Room. Okay, now they had a teenager one called Devozine, and I was a regular contributor to Devozine. Wow. Mm-hmm. A writer for a long time contributing. Can you just imagine? I just I need to find those because I can't so, imagine. You just always had a knack for being very um, reflective. You, you and me, I feel like we were just. Why were we such pious kids? I don't know. Like really, like it. It's so like the kids who turned out to be pious and just attracted to religion for whatever reason. We end up being friends later in life, but we never really stop being religious for whatever reason. I want to tell you. So the reason why I figured out how many years I dated my high school boyfriend was about three years into our relationship. I was in college and I got really sick. I had the flu Mm. and my mom says, so my parents, Canadian progressive, my mom says, Oh, do you think maybe you're pregnant? And I was livid. I was like, mom, you, what do you know? I'm not pregnant. We're not sleeping together. My mom's like, you guys have been together for three years you're 19, like you've had sex ed, like you're on birth control. Cause I had, um, mm-hmm. I had, I had to go on birth control when I was a teenager cause of bad periods. And 
I was like, I am not sleeping with my boyfriend and you should be upset if I was. And I like gave my mom a purity culture lecture and she was just kind of like, I don't really know what to do with this. <laughs> that is, see, and that's what, that's what purity culture does to us. It's If it doesn't get you, it's going to get your kids. So that's why you got to, that's why you got to train up your child and say like, hey, I know that you heard but I tell you, come on, I'm somebody. Just, I mean, can you imagine like your freaking yes. 19-year-old kid giving you a lecture about- I can imagine you, 19-year-old Sarah, doing that for sure. <laughs> you should be upset, mom. I am not sleeping with my boyfriend. We are living above reproach. Heavily I mean, making out? Sure. Sleeping again? Yeah. No. Yeah, here's the deal. It's just like we will do everything so much for Taj, you know? Mm. It was, I just laugh now. I'm like, oh, precious baby lamb. You just, wow. you were so self-righteous, but talk about piety. Whew. Mm. I could have got a, an award. And you know what? Rachel Held Evans made fun of me because she got a Bible award in high school. And she was like, you and I wouldn't have been friends because you hung out with the cool kids. I was like, Rachel, I still was a nerd, just like an undercover Bible nerd. That's the thing. You can't be an undercover Bible nerd. You got to be ready to lose it all, Sarah. You got to lose I mean, your life for the kingdom. For Christian athletes, and we were like, oh my god, the track for Jesus. FCA at our school was so interesting because okay, the three people like I was not an athlete, but I would still go to FCA again. Ooh. Any opportunity to serve because I was a good worship leader. I was a good speaker. The three people who led it were myself, Claudia, and Aubrey. Mm. We are all fags. <laughs> all of us came out, big old lesbians. Every single one of us, like like my first year back from, my first semester back I was dating someone and so me and Claudia were walking around the neighborhood. She was my next door neighbor. And walking around I was like, oh, I have a boyfriend now. And she goes, oh my God, I have a girlfriend. Okay, and so it was- yours- is it causative? Like, if you're in FCA, do you become queer? No, because I would, I didn't. But no, that's how you, that's how your dummy sexuality came on, for sure. Mm. Um, no, uh, I think it's just I don't know what it is. It's just like because like uh, there's some sort of thing there. There's a data point in there. There's some correlation there. I can't draw it. I don't know what it is. But there's a connection there. There's a line. I mean, maybe it's like the stereotypical, like maybe if you're queer, you are going to being around other athletes is like a safe place. There's a lot of women like hang out with, you know, there's like a lot of, there's weird tropes where a bunch of women who are gay play softball. So this is a safe space for me to get involved and I'm a person mm. of faith, but I'm also, you know, whatever. Who knows? Okay, mm. we should probably get to the questions because I just realized yeah. we've been talking for a really long time. Who and I knows? know you always tell me people are fine with us talking, but I'm still, our numbers are really great of people who are listening to us. Thank you so much for subscribing and listening. But I'm always still shocked. Like, why do people want to just listen to us talk? Because so. it's an interesting conversation, especially so. if you tell them it's interesting. Oh, you yes, that's how you know. Exactly. Okay, we're going to take a quick break because I need to refill my tequila, my Paloma, my Paloma. Uh, welcome back to this part of the show where we usually answer questions from humans mm-hmm. in the audience. However, comma, because we're really busy and things are moving around. 
forgot to put a little thing out on. We forgot Instagram. to remind people to ask us questions. Yeah. So if you are a person of this of this show that you like questions, wow, that you like questions. If you uh, are an inquisitive person. Yeah, and want to ask questions. We're at, well, like the questions have trended around uh, faith relation faith relationship kind of stuff, but we'll mm-hmm. answer like if you have something like a situation like, you know. My boyfriend, you know, is not committing to me. We've been together for four years and he's not giving me a ring. What do I do? You know, we'd happily answer that for you. Or if you've got like a friend who doesn't know, doesn't want to get vaccinated, but also they're your baby daddy. Yeah. These These scenarios are great. I mean, like anything could happen or like you find out that your dad is secretly gay and won't tell you. I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. Ooh, that actually, I've had to walk that journey with my friend. Oof. Oof. Yeah, and they had a lot of siblings because dad was getting counsel from his church that if he just kept having kids, he'd feel less gay. Oh, that's that. Is that how that works? <gasps> we didn't talk about the Duggar. That's oh thing. my god. Yes. Okay. okay. Pause for the cause. Backtrack. <laughs> Backtrack. We have an, a huge grievance slash like this goes like. You know, this will just I, be what we talk about because it's actually, I think this is worth a discussion. Here. So real quick, trigger warning for anyone who has church hurt around sexual assault um, mm-hmm. and everything going on with the Duggar. Child assault. A uh, whole nine. Yes. So yeah, warning. Here we go. Here's. What the fuck, dude? I want to say this. Anna exists, guys. Anna is a woman. Mm-hmm. Who, because of the structures, this is Anna Duggar, his wife, and everyone wants to throw blame at her. But here's someone who grew up in a system where women didn't have the no same power. voice. And so she marries someone. They have a quote-unquote porn problem, which, guys, porn problem and child porn is an entirely different thing. Huge, hugely, very. Consenting adults <sighs> making films is very different than child pornography. God. And I, I just, it drives me We should me probably crazy. call it just called videos of child assault. Thank you. That's what it is. It's not porn. It's mm-hmm. child assault. Um, and Anna finds that out. So she is, you know, told if she can download this software, then she has to, this, mm, she has to manage the behavior of her grown ass husband. And wow. that is the expectation Mm-hmm. Of the church for her as a woman, because for better or for worse, that's her husband. And they have she has to keep being a, a woman who just keeps having babies. Seven. Mm-hmm. So she is now pregnant with again seventh child. And she thought he had gotten better because he figured out how to go around the wall. Yeah. Like not only that, the according to reports, he had partitioned. Mm-hmm. An entire part of the hard drive that was inaccessible unless you knew it was there. And that hard drive had access to the dark web. And holy shit, you had it's to go on so, the dark. You went on the dark web. It's so bad that they're saying some one of the police officers that I read his account this morning um, said he hasn't seen things this bad. This is his job. Yep. And he's like, I'm not trying. He goes, I just I need you to hear. He's like, I'm reading reports where people are saying like, oh, he had a porn addiction. He's like, guys, this isn't a porn addiction. This is not this is not he's like, this is not like light. This is somebody who is both um, 
I don't want to say deeply sick, but they have a huge problem. And that problem is rooted in some deeply disturbed things. Mm-hmm. And self-hatred, self-loathing. There is, a, I mean, and then I worry about his babies, those six babies. I worry about his kids. I worry his about sisters because he was abusing his sisters. They got silenced. Um, I mean, it is ju- it is layered. And the thing that I just keep thinking about is Anna exists. And how many women yeah. are sidelined, are forced to manage? I mean, point of reference for me, when I was going through ex-gay therapy and mm-hmm. they would just loop us in with all the other men who had problems with porn in the church, like it really was this thing where it's all about like, rather than like, you know, like, Men, every like that when we talk about how purity culture hurts every single one of us, every single one, and when we talk about it, it's like, oh, you can't blame purity culture on this. Is something different. It's like, no, 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 no. This is the to the furthest end. Like take this, like purity culture taken unto its end is abuse mm-hmm. in the most vile form. And so while it may look like on the surface, it's like, oh, no, 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 he's an outlier. It's like, no, he's likely not an outlier. He's like, because someone had to show him how to do that. I have been sitting here. um, It's funny. I had the other day, I was just sort of meditating and thinking through and your words popped in my head. That as you were going through therapy to ex-gay therapy, that they told you to watch Mm -hmm. porn. Watch straight porn. And I kept thinking to teach, to tell you almost the messaging was you just haven't met a submissive enough woman. Hello. You haven't met and, a woman who's willing to walk with you. And we 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 have been blessed in our friendships. We talk about it all the time. We have friends who got married because they thought maybe that I won't be queer anymore. If I can just get married and then it'll make it safe. I'll be a safe person. No one will mm-hmm. question me anymore. Guys, this and then that. <sighs> That's woman, what I wanted. Right. That woman. I mean, maybe it's me looking at it going. I could have married someone who loved me, but wasn't in love with me. I could have married mm-hmm. someone who I was their covering and as much yeah. as they want to love me, um, they yeah. can't. And I just, I cannot. Help it's heartbreaking them. because Ugh. like, and because like there are like, there's a couple of different scenarios that happen all the time where, um, uh, you know, where like, you know, they go into the relationship knowing that one of the partners is gay and it's like, okay, well, you know what? No matter what, like, we just got to do the right thing. We know we're getting into this. Like, you know, you've been through ex-gay therapy. You know what to do. And like, even like my last girlfriend, like she knew that I quote unquote struggled with same-sex attraction. Um, but I also assured her because I thought that I was assured that I could muster up the feelings for her because I had no idea what love for a woman would feel like. I just thought it was like really, really nice affection. My friend tells a story that breaks my heart where he um, had sex with a woman trying hard to Mm. feel something in that moment. And he says, I think about that. And I think about how, yes, in that moment, it was traumatizing for me, but it's also traumatizing for her. I'm using her body to Mm -hmm. try to feel good about my body. He goes, I actually just thought I didn't like sex until I had sex with a man. And and then realize, oh, this is what it is. And it's not, it took forever for him to like, he actually sat down with her and said, hey, I 
realized I hurt you because I tried to be your boyfriend. And, and she actually was very gracious and said, look, I can't imagine what you were going through. We were all in college. We were figuring out our bodies. But I, right. I, I think all of this, people need to, as we read the Duggar story, it is, it is terrible. It is awful. And we just have to pay attention to the, the victims that aren't being named mm -hmm. well. And then the, the structures and systems that exist in so many places, not just within the um, LDS, like so, so mm -hmm. many systems where Cause the, they're not LDS though. Oh, you're right. They're um, Baptist. No, I think that they're part of the Bill Gothard cult. Um, Guys, we should so, have. Known. I should have looked this up. Should have fact checked. I'm pretty sure they're part of like Bill Gothard, which is like Micah would know a bunch about that. Right, right. It's just a the the point is they need to have as many children as you can and just don't pay attention to what's happening as you're having all these children. Mm hmm. And guys, I have a friend who has seven kids who's Catholic and she's amazing and her husband and her are both doctors and it's totally. Yeah, I have a friend of mine who has been. I have a friend who's the second of 10 kids. Right. And sometimes and it's like, great. So yeah, we're not if saying that's, like if you that's can't your... have a bunch of kids, but this idea of like, if you have a problem, just keep having kids. And I'm not <laughs> saying that's like what they recommend to the Duggars. I just think that was like, that's like the whole quiverful family like that's that's part of that was because like what she said I, um that she thought if she yeah. just keep having kids so for this particular dugger oh that was fuck, the dude. advice jesus fucking christ what a horrible thing well um i lift uh that whole family up to the lord may there be healing and um i am someone who is for the abolishment of prisons but i think that josh duggar should rot for a long time it's the thing that I keep thinking about as he was caught for this, because the next step is scary. I mean, he already actually you know what he already committed the next step because we we have information according to again, it, I don't know that it's been completely proven, but he did assault his own siblings. Yep. So he took it somewhere. What do we do with folks i mean there has to be a i have an answer possibly what's that if we look at the bible or look at genesis okay, after, i love that you're my most religious friend go ahead after cain killed his brother he was sent away to a uh, asylum city where where he was no longer allowed to go back well he had a mark on his head that says just like no one can kill you but you cannot come back to this place with these people so like also, in Old Testament law, if you, for example, murdered somebody by accident, the law says that the family can take your life. However, if you flee to an asylum city and never return to the land of your fathers, you can start a new life there among another people. So Australia. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So there is a part of me that like wonders, but like this again is going to have to take a completely cultural restructuring around understanding crime, punishment, uh, and what does it look like? Because like there is, in my opinion, there's not a lot one can do to restore justice. You know, like, there's no justice there to be had. So it's like, how mm. do we protect victims, make sure people are doing, and also like, I mean, like this is like super, super meta, and this is like healing, PhD level healing work. Understanding that hurt people hurt people, and that somewhere in... Uh, an abuser's past is likely a, they were abused themselves 
as children, likely. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that that it excuses anything because just no. because you got like I got beat as a kid, you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to pass that beating on to my dog. You know, even though I want to. God, I want to be. Oof. I know. You know, it's interesting, though. You catch yourself in it. You'll say, mm. I'm so frustrated with her right now. The best thing for me is to put her in her cage. She did something that was really rough and you're not mean. You just put her in your cage because you don't want to be mean mm. and you're not reacting out of past trauma. Mm. And I know it's just dog and that's different with a child. It, it's Obviously. But still, yeah. How do you <sighs> stop generational abuse, generational trauma? Um, I mean, and I it's, think yeah, it, that question right there. How do we it's like gen, and like I will go as far as to say like generational curses are merely patterns of behavior that have been uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What is it again? What does it say in the Bible? If you come back to me, if you rend your hearts and by returning to me, you know, God saying, if you return to health, if you return to yourself, if you return to what is right, you know, I can heal you. And I really do believe that like (sighs) that is the work of spiritual people now is to call out this kind of injustice and say, y'all, this is not this is actually not surprising, unfortunately. Right. This like, then, it's like, it's like this has a root and this also has a fix. You know? I think there also has to be a sense of communal care for people. Um, and by that, I mean, because of the work I've done over the last 16 plus years, um, I've, I've carried these stories um, and yeah. I, I have been shocked to experience where someone says, I will never be like my parent. And five years mm. later are like their parent. Dude. And we and we have to recognize, again, it's not a s- excuse making, but it is like, what do we mm-hmm. actually, what does a justice system actually look like? What, what would reconciliation look like for Doug, mm-hmm. Josh Duggar? I don't know. I don't think it means that he can be released into the public, but what, what does it look like for things to become of the light? And I, I want to be really careful with the language because i actually think i mean yeah because i don't have an answer to it right how do we how do we expose that which is dark and hard and care for like i said i just want us to be so mindful that anna exists and Mm -hmm. that she was sold a bill of goods and as much as toxic masculinity hurt him it's left her with seven babies to care for and she is going to be in the public in the public view. She's going view. to be ostracized for caring for him. And she's going to be ostracized from the other side for not caring for him enough. She is going to be held accountable in a way that I can only tell you that I know as someone who has worked in the Christian sphere, whatever that, you know, whatever that looks like. And I've worked with people coming out of these sort of things. And I got to tell you, it, mm. I can't stop thinking about her. I can't stop thinking about mm-hmm. And also his victims. Um, and then the Jesus. fact that these images exist, guys. These Fuck, images. right? <sighs> like, I, again, like, I'm not somebody who believes in hell. But it's one of those things where, like, if there's anything on the karmic wheel where someone can just be, like, thrown off into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in one of their incarnations. Like, it's just incredibly painful for them. Because I am not God. I am not infinitely merciful. Mm-hmm. Like... Especially because, like, you know, being an assault victim myself, it's like, like, knowing, mm-hmm. 
powerlessness beyond powerlessness. It is. And then what does it say about how can we uh, heal? How can we be honest about all of this? Because I'm mm. wondering if he could have been honest. And that's the thing a, too. As a teenager about, hey, I'm this happened having, to me or I've, I'm, I'm having these mm-hmm. feelings or I'm having this experience. If we are, if we are honest and open about our sexual mm-hmm. desires, our sexual, whatever, it becomes less dark. It becomes yes. and darker. It, and I hate, I hate, I don't hate. It's true. What we hide gets darker and scarier mm. and it's shadowy. It gets mutated. And, right. and it's all, something Course in Miracles says all the time is that, you know, when a child is afraid of a monster in the room, it's because they are misperceiving what's actually there. They see a monster when it's really just a pile of clothes on that chair that you refuse to clean. And so what we do with that is just like what the Course says is like you bring your brokenness to God or you bring your hard thing, the thing that you hate into the light so that you can recognize it, that it's just, it's just a cry for love. You know, when I was a fresh no, sophomore in college, I was asked to lead a group. And um, I am Bob and Chris Heath. I am infinitely grace- grateful for having been their child. One of the things they taught me was like compassion and always asking the why behind. And there was a guy, I was a part of the Baptist Student Union, and there was a guy in our small group who, handsome, mm. frat boy. Hell yeah. Um, just, uh, a great guy um, and him and I were sitting outside one time and got into this conversation and he said, I need to, I need to tell you something and was very serious. Mm. And I was sitting there and I was like, all right, go ahead. And by the way, a woman sitting alone with a man in that group would have been, you know, (gasps) no go. but that's not how I grew up. So I was fine. And he said, I have been in treatment and I am someone who has, I have a, I'm addicted to sex. Um, I started having sex when I was 13. It was when my parents were going through a divorce. It was not, it was an older woman. It was probably me being taken mm. advantage of. And I have learned that my value is my ability to charm women and to sleep with them. Wow. And then immediately after I charm them and sleep with them, I no longer have feeling for them. So I'm one of the loneliest people in the world. And Shit. I remember looking at him and I remember thinking I could be like, well, you shouldn't be sleeping around. Like there were all these narratives that I was taught mm-hmm. within that, the, that thing. Purity culture. Right. And I looked at him and I said, gosh, that sounds so lonely. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just want to commit to being your friend. I was mm-hmm. like, we're not going to sleep together. And he started laughing. He's like, no, I'm telling you this because if I start to behave in this way to you, it will break my heart. And I need mm-hmm. to say openly to you that I think you're beautiful Hello. and wonderful but I don't want to try to sleep with you. And I was like, well, I am offended. Like I just kidded around with him. And he said, thank you for normalizing who I am. He's like, I like, can't tell people that I'm a sexual addict because guys make fun of it. Like, yeah, me too, bud. He's like, no, like I literally mm-hmm. try to sleep with people and then I don't want them around because I don't know how to have a healthy relationship with sex. Mm-hmm. He's like, every pastor I've told has told me I'm dirty and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, Fuck. I don't know how mm. to exist in this. And he thankfully got therapy i actually know who he's married to now happy Mm -hmm. dad of like five yeah and that's the thing is like sigmund freud said that there is no 
sexual desire that cannot be said out loud. Now, granted, mm-hmm. he did not say there's no sexual act that cannot, you can't act upon every impulse, right. obviously. No. But saying it out loud, kind of just like when you put words to it, words are material, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you have material, you can manipulate it. You can work with it. You can form it into something else. You can figure out what's actually going on rather than having this wild story, this wild energy spinning this around in your body. That he thought he was dirty and bad. And here I go again. And I'm imagining the, the lengths to which he could have gone for him at that age to recognize that he had an addiction. And when you're really, mm. you're really handsome. So women threw themselves at him. Yeah. So it was the easiest thing. And so I have to say that very early on, I realized the power of honesty and openness. And I wish to God that the Duggar yeah. kid had a chance to be open and honest and say, yeah, but there was and for a, people to right? react non-reactive and go, wow. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's not okay. But what that's, can we do to resource you so that anytime we, that comes up again, Mm-hmm. we're just talking about it because once we talk about it, it doesn't have power anymore. I mean, and that's exactly how our friends who are in recovery work. Mm-hmm. Like I have so many friends who are sober who say like in the beginning, like they, their um, their mentors um, are just like, they're the person or they're their sponsors. That's the person they can call 24 seven and their sponsor will pick up mm-hmm. and to say like, Hey, I want to drink again. It's like, yeah, tell me about the feeling. Tell me what's mm-hmm. going on. Let's talk about like the, like the thing. And that's, I think, like, what we can do for any and all of our things. Now, granted, like, you know, like, there is, like, when it comes to, like, sexuality and, like, sexual expression and things like that, I, like, the way I was taught to deal with my sexuality as a, you know, closeted gay person was this basically 12 steps, but for sexuality. So, hugely problematic. And I think, like, the way that we can tell the difference between, um... You know, people, you know, when someone says, I have a porn addiction, and it's like, you watched porn like once two years ago, you don't have an addiction. But then someone who legit has an addiction, we have to look at the signs of addiction, which are, is this negatively impacting me, the people Mm -hmm. around me? Is this illegal? Is this, or or, let me say not illegal, but like immoral? Is this hurting or? So what does that mean by immoral? I think what we need to say is that it, it is a power dynamic. A power abuse. Yeah, and so that's the piece that people don't want to read into scripture, but is there. Um, Sexual. God, we're uh, such fucking pastors. I know. Jesus. Um, Boundaries boundaries around stuff. It's always about power dynamics, and we can go into that at some point. But the reason why some things are uh, not permitted are because they make someone else become dominant to someone else. It is a power mm-hmm. grab. It is a That's why Jesus said you can't divorce somebody, not mm-hmm. because like not because Jesus hates divorce per se, but when people would just divorce women for whatever reason and leave them alone with and nothing. With nothing. It was an upgrade for women. It wasn't yeah. a like thing for all time. So if Jesus was alive today, it was just like, "Nah, if you can like, you know, if you got your own booth, girl, get the fuck out." You have a 401k? Get the hell out of there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but for real, Jesus would Jesus would be on our side. Wow. Gosh, guys, we went into that. And and I, I think like every disclaimer yeah. at the start of this, again, Kevin and I are not mental health professionals. We have walked with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We I have 
I have a course, or I have a course. I have a degree in biology and psychology, but that doesn't mean I am certified in any yeah. way, shape, or form. I'm also a ordained pastor, so that does mean I have done a lot of the work, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but I don't have the mm-hmm. accreditation. And so what we're saying is just coming out of experience and hope that we mm-hmm. can journey with you and through it. That being said, any questions that you have, any experiences that you're having, if you need a resource from us, that's one thing I have a lot of. So if mm-hmm. something in this brought something up, you never know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of friends who are actual therapists. Actual therapists, actual sexuality coaches. Um, there's so much out there. There's so much people to connect to. And also, like, uh, you know, to all the friends out there who are survivors, I just want to say I love you and I see you. We're fucking strong as shit. You're doing great. And, um, you know, I'm not going to do that right now um, because it's too much. Um, so definitely this week, take everyone, let's take a deep breath together. <sighs> and we sip. <laughs> Unless we don't want to. Unless you're sober. Like you're allowed to and sip. some water. Yeah. Sip some LaCroix. You're like, you know, I say sip. It don't mean you're sipping out to tall. I'm a good Christian. This is just um juice. Okay, Franklin. Okay, okay. Well, this has been another episode of Ask Your Nope, Your Favorite Ants. I will get that right one your day. Your favorite ants. Your favorite ants. We love you so much. Please. Uh, um, before we go, anything you want to promote, Sarah Heath? Yeah, so I am um I'm excited that there's this show, and then there's also the Making Spaces show. Um, I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. I'm going to start putting out more things around starting to do some uh, coaching stuff. I don't know. Coaching and consulting. Sarah Heath is moving into that world. It's weird. Sarah Heath is opening up her. um, It's not weird. It's exciting. I mean, it's I like the word. I like the word unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar. So at Rev Sarah Heath, you can find me all over the Internet. Please join us when we go live on, it's going to be on YouTube, right? It's going to be our streaming area. Yeah, we're going to do YouTube and Facebook. And if my, if I if I believe if I believe correctly, if I believe enough, God will do the right thing and bring me a wife. What? Um, Keep going. Yeah. Um, if, <laughs> Sorry. Nerd listen, moment. <laughs> I, that's Gnosticism, Patrick. If, if you're a seminary nerd and you know that video, please comment. Um, <laughs> Uh, fuck. What was I saying? That's why we can't have nice things. I know. It's, this is what happens when you have two doubles on a Friday on an empty stomach. Oh, no. What's up? I mean, I'm going to eat. The girls are coming over later to watch Drag Race, so it's fine. Okay. Uh, uh, so what am I promoting right now? Um, thing. Tour. Well, different things going on with me. So, um, one, um, the Wonder Fully Made Tour which you gotta put the pause in there because there's a comma after wonder, the wonder comma fully made tour. I actually think I might make that into a shirt that says wonder comma fully made. The actual word comma spelled out, I think that's funny. Um, please, please, like in parentheses. Yes, me and all of my friends are going to be meeting in cities all over the country, uh, including Miami, uh, Austin, Texas, um, Dallas, Fort Worth, possibly Kansas City, possibly Denver, San Diego, LA, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, possibly Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, and then Wild Goose Festival Woo! at the end of summer. 
Um, and I want you to be there. Um, all of my friends on patreon.com slash thekevingarcia are gonna get early access to tickets and it's going to be a sliding scale from 33 to $111. If you want to help sponsor this tour, I'm driving everywhere. Please go check out my social media for all the details. That's the first thing, the Wonderfully Made Tour. Two, um, if you're listening to this on Monday, on May 8th, which is Saturday, I have a merch drop. Wait, that's, that'll be this May 8th, well, May 10th is when this will drop. Well, I know, but just like on May 8th, which is Saturday, which is tomorrow from the moment to... Sorry, 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 sorry. Do you know how time works, Sarah? No, actually, no. Keep going. Neither, time isn't real, so it's fine. Um, but so I've always actually had this merch, and I've never had this merch. So, you know. <laughs> and I never will have this merch, but I will have it forever. Right. Anyway, I have new merch. It's super yeah. fucking cute, and I'm going to show you after we hop off the line. I am so pleased. I love, I think I'm a you know decent. I love merch. You know it's so I love cute. Merch. It's super gay. It's super wonderful. It's both like um, a tour shirt. Um, it says, um, I am wonder comma fully made. There's both like a, just like a, like white on color. And then there's like a, a pride version. Can I suggest something for mm. later, please? Sure. I think you should make coveralls that say wonderfully made on the back. Girl. That costs actual money. <laughs> I'm just saying later when you're like when we're doing so well, you know. Oh my god, custom embroidered coveralls. Oh my gosh, I actually want to do white denim, like white denim jackets with um, bad theology kills hand painted on the back, but I'm gonna do it with like some splatter art. Anyways, anyways, get, um, we're back. We'll get, sorry. Uh, sorry. So guys. new merch. You can go to thekevingarcia.com/merch. Um, I am also partnering with Beloved Arise, which is an LGBTQ youth group to help promote their new album, Serenade, which is a beautiful 10-track album featuring basically love songs to queer youth of faith the world over. And as I was listening to it, I'm getting emotional thinking, talking about it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's the most healing music I've ever heard. I cannot wait. I can't um, wait. I'm just going to send you the link after this because, like, I listened to the first song, and as I'm walking my dog, I'm walking around my neighborhood just, <laughs> like, just full on, like, I'm talking, like, crocodile tears. Uh. It's so good. Um, so I'm partnering to do a special series with them on a tiny revolution um, featuring the artists, as well as a live show happening on... Um, the launch day, which is June thirtieth, June thirtieth, May thirtieth. Yes, I, I can't remember things. It's all in my timeline. But go check that out. <sighs> Tour merch, beloved arise. And after May twenty sixth, I'll have a big announcement about the secret thing I've been doing for the last couple of months. Secrets. I know. I love secrets. Um. Yeah, I think that's... Was there anything else I had? Oh, one more thing. I am putting together right now... Um, uh, we're going to call it this, the Spiritual Reformation Summer Cohort Coven Spectacular. Um, so, call it... Hello? I don't know how that just happened. I don't I know either. I was trying to not answer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Favorite Ants. If you want to send your questions, shoot us an email uh, to askyourfavoriteants at gmail.com. All submissions will remain anonymous unless you want us to drag somebody in public for you, in which case, I mean, like, spill the tea. 
<laughs> so send us your questions on relationships, spirituality, politics, deconstruction, etc., etc., all the things. And you can follow me across social media at Rev Sarah Heath. You can follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. My website's thekevingarcia.com. Mine's revsarahheath.com. And this has been a podcast that's a part of the Irreverent Media Group. So follow them and all of our great stuff at irreverent.fm. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Make, Make good, good choices. I love Thanks you. So much. I'll we see you, you later. Bye. We're so proud of you. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, God, you're gorgeous. Okay, bye. I'll see you later.